Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Hi, welcome to another episode of Living with the Disability, No Big Deal podcast. My name is Brad Gibbles, and today we're like, we have two guests, both from Rollaround, Greg Moe and Jennifer Miller. How are you doing, folks? Fantastic. You, Jen? Hi, guys. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on today. We're going to talk about the disabled in the holidays. Is that what it's all uh, Gonna be about today, or? yeah. I thought we'd maybe touch on uh, the holiday seasons, the holidays, Thanksgiving, and, and Christmas coming up, and the disabled community, and that uh, you know that includes everything from uh, you know emotional or mental or physical or everything that is under that umbrella. Brad, what do you think of that? It sounds interesting. Well. Uh, let me go ahead, and uh, I just kind of had something put together here. The one thing I had on here, Brad, or, or we came up with was access. Now, access meaning, you know, to homes uh, or places of gathering could really be anywhere in a church basement or, or wherever, right? So, right. I mean, speaking for you and I, I guess that would probably mean... Uh, whether it's a home or, or another facility, that would mean needing probably a ramp of some type. If they don't have an elevator. Yes. If they don't have an elevator, yeah, because... Uh, like in churches, they may have an elevator. Or, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Or, um, or a club or something like that. So Now, I know for me, um, you know, my chair is, is probably 25 pounds. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm under 200, so not real big. So if somebody were to actually have to, you know, get a couple hefty guys and, and to lift me up a couple of steps, that's probably not bad. But, but for you, now you've got a, uh, you know, a, uh, a jazzy or whatever chair and, uh, and that sucker's probably several hundred pounds, right? So, yes. Not not real easy to uh, to get you up and your chair up a few steps with uh, somebody in a powered chair, for example, or somebody who no. can't get out of a scooter, or exactly, it would be very difficult. Have you ever have you ever had to do that? By the way, yes, you have. I've had to, I've had to leave my chair outside. They carried. Uh, me and that they left my chair outside and put me in a lazy boy inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a thought. I never thought about that. Yeah, they've done that before. Um, so long as you don't drink too many uh, adult or otherwise beverages while you're there. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or tell others to please leave the room for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because there are there are things that uh, the disabled need to do that. Uh, Everybody, Everybody else needs to do. 
but we can't we can't get to the places sometimes yeah exactly so, that's that's yeah that's another thing on on here brad is the bathroom facilities and things that you know people maybe not not think about where i mean you're not going to get your chair you know probably into uh into a bathroom that's maybe the door is 30 inches or something right um because a lot of the doors are you know 30 but then you you can't you know that doesn't include the door when it's so you know the the door part so then um, i suppose a lot of private homes probably aren't going to have the grab bars right so maybe even if you could get into maybe if if you bring a ramp with you to get up a couple steps to get into someone's home, you know, even then the, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Janice is the grab bars, because if you have your own home, like I know Brad has the grab bars um, where you need that for stability, for getting up, getting out, getting down or whatever. So, you know, that's, that's a, uh, that's a topic right there, but also moving about the home or facility. Brad, that you brought up because it's not just getting in, is it? No, like a lot of homes have hallways, and it's big hallways. It's and the way the way that a person in a wheelchair, I find myself, is you can't turn around in the hallway. You have to drive in, drive in the hallway, and back out the hallway. So it's kind of an interesting situation. You can't even, you can't even turn to go into the bathroom because the hallway is too narrow. So well, that's a good point, Brad, that uh, I hadn't even thought of from your perspective because I'm in a manual chair. So what I do is I uh, oftentimes I'll go down the hall, I'll back into one room and then go across into the other room where um, in most homes, a lot of homes probably, uh, like Ramblers or older homes, you go down the hallway, you've got bathrooms, you've got bedrooms, um, where if you took your chair into my home, even though the door is 36 in my bathroom, doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make that turn um, and get into the bathroom. No. You know, and your chair is, I would say it's probably fairly average, isn't it, for like the footprint yeah. of a, uh, a power chair goes? Yeah, mine's about 28 inches wide. What's that? Mine's about 28 inches wide. 28 inches, okay. And then you've got, uh, you know, unlike a manual chair where your your feet are generally right below your knees, in a power chair, your feet may be, uh, you know, out at somewhat of a bit of an angle, which means that every time you turn, you hit something. Yeah, because this turns like a... Like a bobcat, it it turns on itself. So it's nice, but when you're in the hallway, um, if the hallway went, isn't quite long enough or wide enough, you're gonna make a hole in the hallway or something. Like, <laughs> well, like not a, only hallways, Brad, but just think about being, you know, doorways. in a kitchen or a dining room. You go from the kitchen to the dining room, but then the table is there, so. There might be a yeah. cabinet on one side. So it's like, um, you know, unless you have your home set up really to be barrier free and not have stuff in the way where you can turn, um, really moving about could be as just as big as an issue as getting in. 
Yeah, like a lot of my friends say, stay there, we'll bring stuff to you. <laughs> so. Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. That's another thing I hadn't thought of. Maybe they bring the party to you. Yeah. Like a lot of people say, instead of coming to our house, we're coming to your house and we'll bring all the stuff, all the fixings. So, so for example, uh, for like uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas, um maybe the kids and the fam or whatever the friends they uh um every other year or every year or however it might work out they uh they bring the stuff to your place and so uh, well that's where i'm lucky brad because uh i've got a family so i've got kids i got grandkids and um you know as the parent i don't leave and so hence uh I'm in my own home. Not only do I get to be in my own home where I know I am very comfortable in a wheelchair, in a manual wheelchair, uh, but I also get the leftovers, Brad. That's good. And that's what <laughs> really means the most, isn't it? Oh, sure. Leftover turkey and ham sandwiches, gravy and stuffing. Uh, my mouth waters just thinking about it right now. Yeah, you have at least a week's worth of food right there. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something? Never found so many ways to make uh, turkey as uh, as we have. Um, what about uh, what do you think uh, might be another uh, issue, Brad? That uh, that may cause a problem for the disabled. I think maybe uh, an obstacle would be nice prevent some, uh, someone from getting out, like me. I mean. Cold really bothers my my joints and my muscles. Ice is a is kind of a pain to control the chair with. If you sit and spin, um, and you ain't worried, you might be worried about getting sick, and then you really have to be dug out just like you would if a car got stuck. Oh yeah, I never thought of that. If you're in snow or something, and uh, you happen to bury that sucker, you don't yeah. just push it out probably very easily. Yeah. You know, it takes about three people to pull, and where's not my battery in a hurry? <laughs> oh, I suppose because it's spinning and grunting and trying and efforting and right. So, um, yeah, and uh, the snow and ice can be a problem for anybody. Let's say that you, uh, let's say that you have any number of conditions. It might be a uh, muscular dystrophy, right? Mm -hmm. It could be multiple sclerosis. It could be ALS. It yes. could be uh, stroke. Yeah, it could be cerebral palsy. It could be cerebral palsy. Um, could, could be blind. Could be blind. Yeah. So some people think, well, yeah, it's a problem for you know, but but yeah, you bring in a whole myriad of conditions that uh, that make it really sucky to use a, a word for people uh, many people brad to get out um not only because of the cold which yeah uh, to many people they cannot maybe handle the cold uh for reasons like you described with the you know i mean mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people for example who are paralyzed their legs are like a cold-blooded animal, like a reptile. Like what happens if you put a lizard or a gecko out on your deck when it's 10 below? Even if you put a worm 
two inches in front of him, he's probably not going to go get it. Nope. And that's how the lower limbs can be. Like mine, um, if I'm out there, say like ice fishing, I'm on a lake, I'm ice fishing, I might be outside. And after a while, it uh, they the legs do seem to become stiff in the cold. So that can be an issue. Or maybe they have a condition where um, maybe cystic fibrosis, which is a lung condition. I can't imagine um, where 10 below zero Fahrenheit uh, would be something that would be a fun, you know, thing to do. No, sir. <laughs> so, and, and, also, and it's not only for the disabled, but for the able-bodied people too. Um, I bet you nine times out of ten, uh, I know the older you get, the more challenges you get as far as your aches and pains and stuff like that, no matter who you are. So, you know, and then when you add cold weather to that or um, snow, because you have, you have uh, more effort to walk through the snow, you have to be careful because of the ice underneath the snow. So, you know, you're, you're thinking plus you're using muscles that you probably haven't used in a long time. You know what I mean? Over the summer, you know, because it's warmer. So it doesn't affect you as, as bad. So it's not only the disabled, but it's everybody in the cold weather. That's why a lot of them go to south, really, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, the older generation uh, is a great point because, uh, you know, of course, as you get older, um, you know, you take a fall on the ice or something and you're, you know, 82 years old, uh, you know, sometimes that can be the death knell um, of you. Right. You know, if you, uh, you're really too old to get a hip replacement, you break a hip right. and the risk right. of surgery or, uh, or maybe the risk even of being laid up and getting pneumonia, really, which uh, can take a lot of people when they break bones. So um, I think uh, up in the northern uh, part of the United States, I think uh, there are a lot of people who basically uh, nest in the winter cold months and really don't go out as much or they, they order in, say, groceries or other items. Yes. Another one I thought of, go ahead. Uh, I was going to thank goodness they have uh, some grocery stores that do that, some services that do that. Go grocery shop and bring bring in your groceries. All you have to do is um, um, send in, uh, go on their website and type in what you want and uh, your ID or whatever it is and and your credit card number or whatever, everything. They do the shopping for you right there and drop it off. So it's kind of cool. Well, I can't lie. Uh, I've become a fan of that service. And um, especially when it's cold and snowy outside, um, oh, the yeah. wife, my wife doesn't like to do it uh, as much. And here's why. Um, every time that we've done it, and this is without exception. What happens is when you're in there and you're shopping and you got your shopping cart and it will say, it'll come up, it'll say substitute 
if this item is out and you can click yes or no, you may even have a choice of what item, but undoubtedly, again, without exception, they start shopping and what they'll do, Brad, is they'll text you. Hi, this is Amy and I'm your personal shopper. Oh, by the way, we're out of, uh, we're out of 2% milk. And I'm like, what? That's like what 98% of the people buy when they go in there, but they'll be out of, of a lot of items for some magical reason. And uh, it always happens. And what, what happens is that they'll put in like a, like a three ounce can of corn instead of a 12 ounce, right? Or some other item that you're like, I never would have ordered this. So that's kind of the gamble you take when you do shop for groceries is uh, you have to be willing to uh, accept that uh, you're going to have some items in there that you may not have, uh, might not have okayed. But, but anyway, it's, it's still a, uh, still a great service. Another thing I thought of, you know, that, that weighs heavily is economics, Brad. Oh, yes. When, when I say economics, it's kind of relates to, uh, for an example, prices and costs you had mentioned, right? Yes. Yes. Um, the gas, the hotels, gas, food, and et cetera, like that. It's, it's quite, it's quite, it can add up, especially with a person on a fixed income like me. Yeah, the, the, and things have gone up, haven't they, Brad? Oh, this year, yes. I mean, gas has uh, gone up 50%. Um, food is up. Um, yep. Hotels maybe are probably up. I don't know. But when you factor all that in, um, you know, it might be a couple hundred dollars more than it was last year. And it might be prohibitive for some people to come up with that. Yeah, and then you also gotta worry. You also gotta worry about okay. Nowadays, worry about worry about the um, we've got COVID. They're all vaccinated and all that stuff. Well, that's all you hear about nowadays. While you don't want to be gathering or whatever. Sure. While um, while you're out and uh, and doing that, uh, at staying at the hotel, for example. Right, right. Um, you know, so the travel distance may be out of their ability. You know, if I've got, yeah. if I travel, you know, I don't know, 300 miles uh, to see a relative once a year and uh, my car gets 10 miles per gallon times, you know, $3.50 a gallon um, kind of means I pay for gas and I don't bring a bottle of wine with me or, or I don't go at all, doesn't it, Brad? It does. And also, too, you also have to think about, okay, um, I don't know what the gas or anything is going to cost in Minnesota, you know, you know what I mean? Big, oh, big, I, once you get there, yeah. Things can fluctuate, like, you know, I got this terrible habit of smoking, right? We pay about six, seven dollars here, but I heard in Minnesota they pay ten dollars a pack. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's you know, it's kind of outrageous, but little things like it, that can, can add up. Oh yeah. And so but uh, I shouldn't complain. You still have a great, great country, but 
Well, you know, and that's that's right about price fluctuation because you know gas might be you might plan for costs and you know it might be twenty five dollars extra to to fill that tank where you're going or or whatever it is fifteen dollars, but um, you know fifteen dollars might be maybe the cost of a meal or two on your on your way there. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. So, yeah. So um. Well, even though, you know, I'd like to, those are days, you know, all the events on the weather, of course, and, you know, all that, but most of it is taken on the, the cost. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you know, it's not only those on, on fixed income, like you said, but especially those on fixed income where they have a certain amount of money each month to, um, you know, to budget to allocate for all their expenses, food, you know, housing, um, all kinds of things that go along with, uh, you know, with living uh, independently. Um, and that, that goes for people that are on fixed incomes or uh, people that, um, yeah, that just aren't in the, uh, in the wealthy pay scale or anybody that may, uh, may be stretched a little bit. Uh, when you add in, uh, something like a holiday, um, that's an unplanned generally deal, right? I mean, how many people do you know that budget out ahead of time for a holiday? I don't know anybody that does. Well, and there you go. Um, I don't either. And so all of a sudden, um, you know, you're hosting 10 people, you know, you're in for $300. Yep. And typically you're not budgeting that out ahead of time. So um, that means you kind of got to squeeze uh, the next month, you know, pretty, pretty closely. Yep. Uh, maybe like me eating those ramen noodles. I love so much. Just add water. <laughs> seven minutes later, it's noodle gold, man. Noodle gold. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I asked for my, I asked for Christmas present. I said, honey, all I want is a, uh, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're, uh, they're a ramen pot made just for uh, boiling ramen noodles. Have you seen that, Brad? Yes, I have. Real popular in like college dorm rooms. Yes. And uh, the reason I like those is, A, you don't have to go and turn the stove on, boil the water, da, da, da. You, you, you plug that pot in, and from the time you plug the pot in, to the time you're actually eating the noodles is 10 minutes because it takes maybe let's say three minutes for the water in that pot to boil. It's a smaller, you know, pot and seven minutes yeah. to cook. You drop in your flavor and there you go. You know, and I, I don't know. They're uh, I mean, you can buy a whole case of uh, ramen noodles for like three bucks and that's like, I don't know, 30 or 40 of them. But uh, I like ramen noodles. I'm one of those guys. Do you like ramen noodles, Brad? Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, in a pinch, but they're not my favorite. <laughs> I like a couple. I usually do two. I'll do a couple of chickens or a beef and a chicken together, and I'll have two, uh, two and one, and that'll kind of be the the carb the carb overload for that day. But uh, um, but I like pot pies. Ooh, wait a minute! Yep. You know how long it's been since I've had a pot pie? I got a whole freezer full. <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. And do you throw those in the oven, Brad? Or 
I, I usually for supper I'll have like a, a beef and a chicken. Mm. Oh, okay. Do you do those in the oven? Yes, I do. I think it's okay. about 45 minutes. Yep. Um <laughs> you know, I've got a I've got a uh one of those air fryers. Yeah, so do I, I wonder if you couldn't do a pot pie for about I don't know, 25 minutes in an air fryer. Yeah, I suppose as long as you don't have that cellophane, you know, that bottom yeah. limit. Yeah, just put it on a little paper plate. Do you have an air fryer? Yes, I do. Well, preheating the oven takes about 10 minutes at least, right? Right. Your pot Sometimes pie could be halfway done by then. Yep. I think what I'm going to go That's ahead and do is I'm going to buy a pot pie, and I'm going to go ahead and throw yeah. it in. In fact, I'm probably going to buy three because it's usually three for 10. And yep. I am going to throw it in the air fryer and I'm going to bring a report on here because I think pot pies are uh, an old standby uh, worldwide. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. But they got their veggies and their meat and their potatoes and everything in there. You know, and for, for you folks out there who might be uh, somewhere else outside of the United States and want a pot pie, well, that basically... Um, is a convenience food. If you can imagine a, a small pie tin, about maybe six inches across. It's got the, uh, the crust. It's got the meat, the veggies, the sauce, the gravy or whatever. It's got a top on it. It looks just like a small pie. And uh, you go ahead and throw that in the oven. And, uh, you know, I think some, some countries call them meat pies, don't they? Or, or, or uh, yeah, or... Uh... Yeah, or shepherd's pie or something, yeah. Shepherd's pie, kind of like a shepherd's pie, yeah. Only, uh, yeah. only uh, you, you don't have to, to, to prepare anything. No, you just got to basically heat it up. It's already, you know, it's already got its crust. That's the bread part of the thing. And then uh, you don't need to yep. I tell you, yeah, in talking about this, you've made me really hungry for a pot pie. I haven't had a pot <laughs> pie in 10, 15 years. I want a pot pie right now. You do. I'm hungry and I want a I want a chicken pot pie right now. Yep. Love the chicken you know, pot pie. I got a freezer full of beef and chicken right now. Now, can you get other flavors besides chicken and beef? I mean, do they have turkey pot pies and yes, yes, they do. You're not a fan of the turkey. I'm not a turkey, but you know, I make my beef and chicken better. Oh. Yep. Well, I wonder what might else uh, be a consideration for the disabled community where it comes to the, the holidays and, and different things related to that, Brad. Um, Maybe something that's close to you, your situation. About the stigma. Because um, I, my problem is, is my stuttering. Okay. And I'm and I'm kind of uh, you know I don't talk much unless unless it's my family unless you know then I really it really doesn't matter you know because they know they know me pretty well but if I don't know anybody I'm pretty quiet for the time I'm there. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's hard for me to believe because I know you like to talk and you like to laugh and you like to, you know, kid around and okay, but more shy is kind of surprising to me. Well, 
I do that because I don't know anybody, but the next time I see him again, I'll talk to your office, boss. But, okay. But um, um, until I get to know him pretty well, I'm pretty quiet. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the stigma, I think, yep. uh, as you said, of being part of a gathering. Um, you know, I know for me, if, I, if I'm coming in somewhere and, uh, you know, maybe having a little bit of a time of it, uh, feeling like, you know, you may be a spectacle or I think you had said maybe a little inadequate, the feeling of being inadequate just because uh, you may be the only one there with some kind of a challenge. Yes. And, that, and then when you have, when you have everybody leave the room, that's, that seems to be a, uh, uh, a embarrassing situation because it falls back on me. Okay. Yeah, I never thought of that. So let's say that uh, there's some people in the room visiting and uh, everybody leaves and there's still a person standing there that maybe because they feel uncomfortable, they leave the room as well, as opposed to maybe right. starting a conversation because they don't know what to do. What do I say? Right. And if I have to go to the restroom or something, then everybody would have to leave or leave until I get done or whatever. So. Well, that's kind of a lesson for all the able-bodied people out there listening is that uh, people with disabilities uh, like Brad, Brad Scott, CP, does he look uh, and sound maybe like everybody else that's, that's around? No, but uh, what I have learned myself um, that I probably didn't know before is I maybe had some of the same feelings of maybe being uncomfortable, um, not, want, not knowing what to say, what should I say, should I say anything? Are they going to understand me? But really, folks, include people that are out there that have a disability or challenge or whatever you want to call it, an obstacle, may not look the same, sound the same. Just include them, talk to them, just like you would, you know, your friend or your family that's that's there that uh, that doesn't have the doesn't have that. I mean, just to kind of just include them, just like everybody else. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question now for kind of just for listeners, since, you know, that this podcast is for, um, you know, for everybody, as we say, people, not just people who are part of the disability community, but they're, you know, their friends and families and anybody who wants to learn. Right. So, so Greg, you gave this scenario of, well, maybe you're, you know, you were Brad, you're visiting someone, you're in your, sitting in your wheelchair, and then people, for whatever reason, leave the room, and then other people might feel uncomfortable. What are, um, you know, what are some, I don't know, talking points, or what are, what, what, what are some things that people could, you know, able-bodied people could engage with? people with disabilities if they're just you know uncomfortable and they don't know what to say what what are some good questions or what are what are um you know obviously you're just regular people but so sometimes people are just uh maybe they feel uncomfortable because they don't have the experience um interacting with i I would say that too is more common i would say that the i don't know I, i have to believe it's a pretty good majority that do feel a sense of uh, discomfort, Brad? 
Well, I haven't, I haven't to agree, um, but there is a, 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 if someone wants to ask me about my disability, go right ahead. I, mean, I have nothing to hide and, and nothing to be ashamed of. It's the way that the good Lord, uh, you know, um, made me in the, in the way that I, um, I mean, I don't know any, uh, anything different than being disabled. So I would love to know what it's like to walk, <laughs> um, to be able to, to uh, talk with our study once in a while. I'd love to do that. Uh, but that's, that's not me. So um, I find that, you know, people want to ask me, you know, a conversation, they can ask me about the sports, uh, pretty much anything. I'm pretty knowledgeable. And also, if they want to know about my disability, you can go ahead and ask. Well, and just talking about uh, what would be starters for, for people in general, with disabled people in general, uh, I think they can, they can I think it's a pretty anything. fair uh, question to say what happened. You know, I'm, I'm always yeah, yeah. glad and, and willing. And, and, you know, I think disabled people t uh, take it as an opportunity to to educate because some people are going right. to be, well, what's CP? I don't I don't what's right. cerebral palsy. What does that mean? I mean, does that mean you're like you got a mental a learning disability or and uh I, I, again, I, I go back to, I bet the high majority of people out there don't have a clue what cerebral palsy is. And so by saying what happened, um, it gives you an opportunity to, to educate people. Right. So what, what you're saying, Greg, so I mean, you, you, and I, you and I have worked together for kind of 10 years now, but let's say, you know, let's say I did, wasn't experienced in knowing people in the disability community. If someone, you know, if you and I were to meet, are you are you saying it would not be rude if I said so? Like, what? Like, have you always been in a wheelchair, or how did you end up in a wheelchair? What's those, what's your those story, first, dude? Those first two questions that you asked are are totally uh, relevant, as well as can I can I ask or do you mind or can I ask you what happened? You know, have you always been in a in a wheelchair, or I mean, because I think. Am I wrong here, Brad? No, I, I can't speak definitely for the majority because I'm kind of a unique individual as far as, you know, coming into the, the, uh, the special club, as it were. Um, but am I wrong in assuming that maybe the majority of people would not be offended by asking, have you always been in a chair or what happened or? I, I don't think so. I, I think there would be... Glad to answer their questions, especially if the questions are are done in the in the right. I want to say in the right um, tone of voice or the right. You know, I don't want to have someone someone be cocky about it. I just you know I want somebody to be honest and genuine genuine about it, and so you know. Um, and especially, it's really interesting when you talk to little kids. They they have no filter, and they have that's right. They have no, uh, uh, you know, they have this no feel, no question is a bad question to them. I mean, they 
they come on and ask the most interesting questions like, uh, how do you get dressed in the morning? <laughs> and, you know, do I need help? You know, oh. Oh, I believe uh, I believe adults uh, have a lot to learn from kids yes. regarding this yes, because uh, most of the time the kids are inquisitive. They're curious. Adults have uh, yes. been taught, you know, uh, you know, don't you know, don't offend them or it's best just to keep quiet or uh, things like that. But even but even questions about, man, it's hot today, isn't it? Or what do you think of all this snow or just something yeah. uh, really as kind of a lead in which then that person can, you know, kind of add or, or lead into something else that might be what, what I do or ask what the person does, what the other person does or whatever. Um, you maybe don't want to ask, what do you do to, to somebody who um, may have a disability because they may not do anything as far as, as work goes. And when you ask somebody, what do you do? That's typically the question. So I don't know that would, that would be probably not, Something, Brad? Would it that? Well, uh... uh, uh, what are you? The, sometimes they say you like sports, or what kind of sports you like? And that's how I. And that's how I get them. Do you like basketball? You know, or square dancing, or did you like the Olympics this year? What did you like about them? You know. Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about maybe. Uh, yeah, current events like yeah, the Olympics yeah. or the world series or the super bowl or whatever happens to be going anything current. Uh, it really doesn't have to be deep or thoughtful or just, uh, just to kind of break the ice to change the uh, energy in the room, you know? Yeah. And Jennifer, when I have a question for you. When you first started working, when the first met Greg, the first day, can you remember what your thoughts were? Yeah, were you uncomfortable in any way or? I, I was not uncomfortable. Um, I don't remember what my first thoughts were other than. Well, I, I can't say it on air. I, so. I can't probably say it on air, but yeah. <laughs> but other than that. Well, see, the thing is, so Greg and I have a, a mutual um, friend who works for the U.S. Commercial Service. And that's kind of how I first got connected to Roller Ramp. So I probably had a pretty already a high opinion being that it was a referral from our, our friend, Heather, who runs the North Dakota office for the commercial service. Um, and I think Greg was going to get me a job at roller ramp. So, you know, but no, I mean, I, I be, I, and I've talked about this some already is that I have a younger sister who has down syndrome and so for me I, I was actually pretty active in the disability community from the time that I was four years old um, wow. and our you know Judy Siegley a good friend of mine she she was on the pod, podcast earlier this year uh, she is a, a quad she called herself an odd quad um, but uh, you know, so knowing Judy for many years, um, I've known, you know, many people over the years with various disabilities. So, you know, for me, it was nothing new, I guess. Um, you know, me meeting somebody who was, you know, a wheelchair user, um, you know, everybody has their own stories as to how they got to be, you know, kind of where they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had a unique background for sure. 
more than you know probably most all people as far as that goes right brad i think i would say so yeah <laughs> so but um so you have a you have some sort of an understanding of because uh, of the family member, because of a family member. Uh, yeah, I mean, because of a family member, and I think uh, maybe too, it is just growing up in a you know the Christian church, where yeah. you you know from a young age you're taught that God loves everybody, and you're taught to you know love one another, and everybody you know we're all human and treat mm-hmm. everybody with kindness and caring and respect. Um, so. And I, you know, I, I, there were kids in my school, I mean, way back in elementary school too, that had different, you know, different types of disabilities. So I guess I probably was, you know, maybe still am the odd one out in, in, in some areas, but, but it's good to. Uh, You're okay. (laughs) But nonetheless, you know, I mean, you do come across when you do come across somebody at a party like that and I mean you have to figure out a way but really just pretend the person does not have a disability really right Brad yeah because the way I start off by pretending they don't have a disability right right. or you know you know once you do that and you know then you can graduate into well can I ask what happened or you know what what is wrong or have you always been this way or have you ever been in a chair? Like you said, Jen, have you always been in a chair or did, does there, I mean, that, that can be a great, uh, great uh, take off of, uh, you know, off of an intro for, or, you know, a secondary follow-up or um, just like normal conversation. I had a, I had a, 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 a guy who works on my wheelchairs from uh, Bismarck and I had a, an outside chair, a track chair, an action track, action sports track chair. And uh, he asked if he could ride in it because he's never rode in it. I said, sure. So he was riding around in the front yard. And he, he says, man, how do you guys stay balanced in this thing? Because it doesn't have any um, shocks in it. It's just Solid, you know, you're rough, oh you're yeah, you're yeah. The suspension so, isn't exactly a Mercedes, is it? No, but it was a learning experience for him because he's never ridden in something like that. He's ridden in wheelchairs and electric wheelchairs, of course, you know, to see what it's like. But something like that, he had. I don't know if he had a, um, a face of fear. Big smile on his face, I can't remember, but he, I let him make about three laps around the house. After three laps, he got out of there in a hurry. But, uh, said, how do you guys sit in this thing? Yeah, he, he says, I don't, know, I don't know if I can ride in there all afternoon like you do. I said, oh, it's fun. We you just know? kind of flop around with the terrain. Yep. Right? And kind of go with the flow. Yep. Yep. You know, back to the stigma thing, you know, I think some people, uh, I have to believe, Brad, that uh, that just to some extent that some people may just go ahead and stay home because uh, of the stigma of uh, going out in a lot of cases, depending upon, you know, the situation. I think you're right there. I mean, 
Well, it's easier to stay home because you're you don't have to worry about. Uh, just don't want to deal with it. Running into things and all that stuff. You don't have to worry about the, you know, the, all the planning to get there and all that stuff. So just stay and watch TV. You know? Yep. Well, uh, what might be something that would be maybe close to yours? Uh, wait a minute. Um, what might be something that uh, might be close to you uh, to your situation, Brad? To mine, as far as emotional or no, some another another uh, situation. Oh, I would have to bring uh, depending on how far I go, but I would have to bring probably another person with me, like an attendant. Like an attendant, like a personal attendant. Yes, and then I would have to take care of their expenses and stuff too. So, but yeah, I can see where, uh, where that might be something that you have to. You either have to plan for it as far as uh, who might be available. Yeah, Maybe it's a friend, family, family member, family. or it could be um, a professional. Yep. And so there you've got probably scheduling. But this, but the professional, when you go out of state, for example, it charges you. You have to you have to pay three hundred dollars, no, thirty dollars an hour. Okay. And if it's twelve hour day, it's three hundred sixty dollars. Yeah, there's definitely the cost uh, of the expense then that goes along with not just getting out, but you have to have quite a uh, a coffer or a budget to be able to to pay that individual if it's say an expense that wouldn't be covered by say insurance of some kind or Medicare or whatever it might be. That's why when I when I go and do speaking, I make sure that's covered as far as my. Expenses because I um, without them they're an extension of me basically so um you know and they're just as you know, without them I wouldn't be able to uh, be as independent as I can. Be. Um, well, how do you usually handle it? Like if you go out for the holiday, or are is it usually? Uh, friends and family, or are there times where you have yeah. to take a uh, professional service as well? No, I, I have taken a professional service with before. I do a wedding. <laughs> then, I, then I stayed overnight. Then I had to meet the hotel. But most of the time, I go with family members. So, okay. Um, make sure that... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that makes sense. Depending upon the situation, you may have to uh, to hire a service. And again, that would that would go to budget then, wouldn't it? You know, coupled along with that would be transportation. A lot of people don't yes. think about uh, how transportation may affect uh, whatever the condition may be. Um, Instead of I mean, the bike for two. What's that? Instead of just one, just for me, I would have to buy for two. Road trip. Oh, for transportation. Yes. If we sure. Do, well, that would be, uh, that would be. No, but no, uh, we go by car or van or whatever. Um, then, then that's, but then we got to buy 
uh, a suite where we have two bedrooms or uh, two separate rooms. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? So it's, you know. It's yeah. Double, yeah. And, and some people may have their own transportation. Some may not have their own transportation. Um, yes. And I mean, that would go to the availability of maybe a friend or a family being able to do that. Um, or you're talking about, again, like you said, Brad, having to pay a service to do that, maybe at Easter Seals or uh, Ready Wheels or Handy Wheels or any of the number of services that are out there to uh, depend on those to get to and fro. But that might also include having to come up with some expense for an attendant if you had to bring it. But uh, transportation always comes into play also for um, for people, even if they do have their own transportation, because I think we alluded to it before, but, you know, if you've got 250 mile round trip, for example, you see Uncle Joe or Jeb once a year, that's 500 miles divided by 12 miles per gallon times $3 and 50 cents a gallon um, can be a burden. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's say it costs you $70 to fill a tank. Yeah. What used to cost 40 is now 70. Yeah. So one thing I think you talked about, Brad, was uh, you know, the cold and flu and COVID concerns that uh people who may be, you know, compromised. Immunocompromised, for example. Yep. Uh, those who have to be very careful about who, who, who they're around. That includes people who've had uh, organ transplants. And uh, it's not just people who maybe have a... Uh, we had uh, Jennifer Kappel on some, uh, some episodes ago, and she has a condition that Mayo actually does not know why. She has these this combination of, of factors that includes, uh, you know, her immune system being basically uh, wiped out. But that also includes, like I said, uh, because of the organ transplants, these people are on anti-rejection drugs for a lifetime. You have to take those for the rest of your life in order that the body doesn't reject whatever the organ is, whether it's a heart or a liver or a kidney or, or whatever. And the result of taking those anti-rejection medications also has the effect of really wiping down the immune system because what they are doing is uh, the body is trying to send out rejection signals and those drugs are suppressing those signals like say that you got a bacteria, for example, body would send out helpers to kill it, right? That's no different than, a, than an organ. They find that as a foreign thing, like a cold or a flu or a COVID or a, from a cut from an infection or a cancer. And uh, so it's the same thing in that the immune system where somebody might just get a cold, uh, somebody with, uh, you know, with an organ, 
uh, somebody who's received an organ may end up in the hospital. Um, I think Jennifer Kappel gave the uh, example. She said, you know, if somebody gets the sniffles, I, I may have a three or four day stay in the hospital. I think uh, a lot of people might stay home more so these last couple holidays just because of the whole COVID thing. Who are, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But in, in, in a lot of cases, depending upon the disability, um, can come, you know, a less than stellar immune system to fight off colds and flus and whatever. So I think people just have been a little bit more cautious. Uh, Especially nowadays. Yeah. So do you have any plans of uh, gallivanting around the landscape uh, for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Or are you going to kind of have the party come to you? Um, like you mentioned, I think you mentioned before that uh, sometimes people will say, hey, look, uh, we'll bring the party or the the occasion to you. We'll bring the fixings. You just, you know, stay put. Uh, I'm going to Cleveland, North Dakota this Thanksgiving. Cleveland, North Dakota. Now, what is that? About a uh, half hour? About 20 minutes. Yes. Okay. So is the, uh, is the place... Uh, Accessible for your chair and all that, and you can get in, or uh, what's the deal I, there? I, I think I can get in. There's two steps to get in the door. I don't know about the, the bathroom facility, but my mom's going to be in the heated garage. Oh. garage. Oh, so there's a heated garage to it. Yeah. Now, that seems to be right up your alley there. Right. Yep, they got TV in there. They got Oh, couch. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'd be, and I, and I think yeah. that's probably where you'd be as well, Brad. We'll see. Yep. Right, Unless at least for a while. At least for a while. Yep. Because uh, many people won't allow uh, what you'd bring to the party, what you do indoors. Nope, I wouldn't want to put my foot through the wall or something like that, like I've done here a few times. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know, with the uh, you'd have to go outside to to smoke and you might as well just spend some time in the garage. That's right, in the doghouse. But, but anyway, what are you going to do this, this year, Jennifer? Just going back home, going up north to see the folks and my sister. And I think we'll have um, my aunt, one of my aunts and a cousin come over and pretty relaxing time. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, hopefully the weather stays good. Well, I just got new tires on my vehicle, so if we do get snow, I'll be a-okay. You'll be a-okay. Because I don't want to disable the vehicle. Yeah. Did you get all four tires? Well, Jennifer went in for a uh, a bolt puncture in one of her tires and ended oh. not with a tire repair, but a whole set. Well, I see. I, I, I didn't know there was a bolt. I had a leak and I thought I'm going to go to good old certified auto repair um, in my neighborhood thinking, OK, I just need to get the bead leak fixed. Um, and then. It turns out I had a bolt in the tire and I walked out with four new tires. 
Good. good. Which is good because I needed them. So. Oh, you did need them. Oh, I, I sure I did need them. Oh, you did. Okay, so it wasn't like. Are you kidding me? They're like, uh, you know, maybe halfway, but they're recommending that I get the full pair to match well, the guy, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, the guy. He's like, well, okay, so this one is not repairable because there's a bolt in it. Tread is getting kind of low on the other one, so. You know, you can drive away, but we're going to quote you out some options. Okay. And I said, yes, sir. I, I know. I should have got tires a month ago. Okay. So this is your this is your year to take the tire up plunge. Okay. Okay. So happy, merry, early Christmas to me. Happy, so. happy, uh, yeah, merry Christmas to Jen. She's got yep. a bunch of rubber in her stocking. So cool. Cool. Yep. I think the one thing that we need to probably touch on really that probably is a lot, a lot of times left in the closet or under the rug is the emotional, uh, you know, it may be an actual disability. It may be seasonable or seasonal. Um, and when I say that, uh, I'm kind of talking about depression, whether it's uh, clinical depression, which is very common and also, um, depression that may come with the holidays. Um, because in general, Brad, I think you kind of spoke to that depression and, and anxiety increases uh, during the holiday season, during Thanksgiving, during Christmas with um, having to be with relatives and may or may not be a good experience or just, I guess, the thoughts and feelings that come with, uh, with the holidays, Brad. Yeah, especially now with everything gone up so bad, you can't gonna really afford to get what you really want to get. You know, like there's a few toys I would like to get for my granddaughter, but I know I can't afford it. You know, and it kind of makes the guy feel bad. You know, and well, yeah, and his little girl, what she ever she wants. You know, at least for second birthday or, or second birthday, second. Uh, you know, I, I like to get her and make her happy, but we'll see. Well, yeah, and that kind of goes to economics, too. And uh, people that, that suffer from depression, it can get worse during the holidays. Or let's say people that um, just feel a little bit depressed short term, you know, around the holidays and are maybe sad just in general. Uh, for one reason or another, there's a lot of factors, but I think it's kind of uh, pretty well known that depression does increase around the holidays. Yep. Again, whether it's family or friends or whatever, but I mean, I can speak to the depression part. I mean, it's something that I manage, but I'm not like um, embarrassed about it or anything like that. But, uh, but, you know, the seasons can definitely have a change, a uh, change in that. So, um, and then also uh, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, people, Brad, that have PS, uh, PTSD, I know uh, you know um, Tyler Anderson as well as I do, the uh, ex-Marine who we had on the show for the uh, bariatric uh, hyperbaric or the, uh, the uh, hyperbaric hyperbaric therapy. <laughs> Thank you hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Yes. Um, for speaking for Tyler, as he's told me that, um, 
it can be a little tough because generally managing life in general is very difficult. And so when you add in a holiday like Christmas, where you now have to think about others other than yourself, where it might be hard enough just to think about yourself to maintain. Now you might have to think about others. You have to, you know, you have to be happy. You know, you're expected to be up. Uh, you're supposed to be in a good mood. Merry Christmas. You're supposed to do all this and that. I mean, you really just don't feel like it. And so it puts more stress, I think, on the emotional state when you have to, you kind of have to be up. You know, it takes energy. And that's the same thing with TBI, with traumatic brain injury. Um, there's a lot of stress on people on people's brain, on people's minds, on people's, the way they act, the way they think, the way they deal with everyday things in life. And when you add in the stress of a big crowd or people you don't know or relatives you don't get along with or whatever the case may be, <clears throat> excuse me, just managing the logistics of going out and about. And I think, uh, like I said, I think emotional plays a much bigger part then I think uh, in general, people give credit for because it's kind of uh, something that's really not talked about that much. It's kind of just there. So, I mean, people that do not have depression probably don't really have an idea of what that is. They might think, well, you're sad. Can't you just, why don't you just get out and go to a Christmas party? Can't you just go have fun? And it's hard to tell them that, look, depression isn't just a feeling of being sad. Depression is a condition that you deal with every day of your life. It's not going out and buying a gift for myself or going to a Christmas party. That's not the answer. Sometimes it might make it worse. Might it make it better for a couple hours? It may. It may be just the cure for that period of time, but it's not the answer. To depression which is and that too just as we you know learn more about mental wellness um it's not you know there used to be you know decades ago a stigma against if you know someone had to take some type of depression medication or you know they have a chemical imbalance but you know really it's no different than if you have to take you know a diabetic that needs to take insulin to keep the you know body because because the pancreas doesn't produce it to keep the body functioning normal, or we, you know, you talked about if someone has, you know, a recipient for an organ transplant and they have to take anti-rejection medication to stay healthy, it's no different. So, and yeah, we want to say if anybody is having any, you know, any mental health issues or depression, just talk to somebody because it, a lot of times people will understand more than you think they will. Well, you made two really good points, Jennifer, right there. And one was that um, it really is no different than, like you alluded to, um, diabetes or medication for something else, because the brain is an organ, right? It's part of the body. And it may indeed be something that's just not balanced enough uh, on its own that just needs a little help with medication. And like you said, it, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh, God, he's so he's a Looney Tune, huh? Or he's ready for the loony bin because he's, you know, on depression medication or, or whatever it is. And, and that's certainly 
coming out more and more. I mean, even, even, you know, every weekend I hear more and more and with professional sports, with basketball, with the NFL, there's more talk about it because uh, players are missing time, personal time for depression. And, um, and so that was a really good point about it's really no different. And the other really good point was that when you have depression, the first thing you want to do is self-isolate. You really don't want to go out. You don't want to do anything that you used to do. Um, and you, you just can't change it. And um, talking to somebody is a great piece of advice. Could be anybody. If you don't have a friend, a spouse, a parent, uh, a sibling, you know, family member, um, those are great resources. But if you don't have, then just reach out to a call center, you know. I mean, there are places where you can call and reach out. But I think that's a great piece of advice just to reach out and talk to somebody and really acknowledge it. Don't be afraid of it or ashamed of it. And maybe be open to seeking help because life can be better. Life can be brighter than that it may be if you, you know, have to seek professional help for medication and maybe combined with therapy, which um, increases the likelihood of getting better by 50%. So, and depression is a, I think it still is a stigma to some. I think it still is seen as a bit of a weakness to some who feel people are weak if they have anything wrong with them of any kind. But uh, I think there's a lot of strides being made in that. So you made a couple of really good points. Uh, and so speaking from personal experience, um, I think it's a great topic, especially this time of year. So something to be aware of. Um, I think to kind of wrap things up here, I thought we would maybe lighten things up a little bit here, Brad, and bring a little levity uh, to the party here. And uh, things that involve things that happen because you're disabled at a party or at, hol <laughs> at a holiday. Now, one I have to share is that uh, uh, it was an Easter and uh, it hadn't snowed yet. So we were outside. I was in my wheelchair and we were in the in the driveway playing basketball. We had the kids and everybody out there. <laughs> there I am in my wheelchair and somebody throws me a pass and I lurch up for the ball. And in less than a blink of an eye, I had spun over backwards and my head bounced off the pavement. And everybody, oh, <laughs> everybody's pointing at grandpa and dad. And it was just the funniest thing ever. But really, I, I could have got a concussion because <laughs> if, if you know, I think about this for a moment, though, most people think that, oh, he fell backwards in his wheelchair. That doesn't mean that you slowly just fall back. Nope. When you fall back in a wheelchair, the momentum, <laughs> the momentum of how fast you fall, it's like, Bam! You it had, <laughs> you are thrown against the the floor so fast that it's amazing. And like I said, I bounced my head off the floor or the pavement. Everybody thought it was funny. Uh, you know, I lost my my wits for a minute, but uh, but I did rejoin the game. And that's great. And Greg, one of the things that I think is inspiring about you is you are, you laugh at yourself so well, you know, you, yeah. you fall over and you're like, Oh, ha ha. But 
My question then for you as a not, not a wheelchair user, aren't you supposed to have anti-tip wheels on the back of your chair? Well, I was hoping nobody would bring that up because uh, <laughs> I, I had removed mine uh, just because it, uh, it, they take up a little extra space. And so when you're, you know, I, I, after 20 years, I still have not learned really to drive because I run into things constantly at home, doorways, uh, hallways, uh, cabinets, refrigerators. And my wife's like, man, you'd think it, you would know how to drive better. It's like, <laughs> look at our cabinets. I mean, what the, what the heck is wrong with you? Look at the, look at our doors. And so with the anti-tip wheels, it, it, it makes it even worse. So I had taken them off and uh, boy, did I need them that day. But a very good point. Again, I was hoping you didn't bring that up, but uh, <laughs> I also can tell you, without the anti-tip bars, you can turn faster. Oh yes, well that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, I think you kind of got to, you know, after a while, I think maybe not most people, but a lot of people in wheelchairs just uh, pretend that they're not in a wheelchair, you know. And mm -hmm. if uh, if something happens, what do they do? They get up and. Uh, I mean, was I happy the day that I almost backed over myself with my with my uh, car, my vehicle? I wasn't laughing as I saw it coming my way. I mean, I quickly rolled out of the way, and it was in reverse, so it was rolling over me. I rolled out of the way, and as the uh, as the door came by, I quick lurched out and grabbed onto the door, and it started dragging me backwards across the parking lot. Yes. <laughs> So as I'm slowly being dragged backwards across the lot, I yelled out, little help. <laughs> I yelled. And there's an older lady, an old lady in the car next to me, watching me out her window. <laughs> and somebody ran over uh, as the car was coming finally to a stop because there was a car parked in back of me. And I, I'm like, Oh crap. It's going to lunge in. It's going to broadside this car. I'm going to have damage, you know? Um, so I wasn't happy about it, but you know, I got up and uh, I put the car in park, you know, went about my business. Uh, are you okay? You know, people were helpful, but, uh, but it's something that you got to kind of, you know, we're coming up on the anniversary too, Brad of that, uh, where I nearly did. Uh, I got in, I got in the vehicle, started it. Um, was going to go back and load the wheelchair, uh, had it in reverse. I hadn't put it in park. So I got in the back and I throw my wheelchair in. And all of a sudden I had this weird out of body experience where, why is the car getting closer? You know, and I had a split second uh, to realize, my God, it's coming backwards. So I fell over and I'm looking at the car and I'm thinking, I'm too fat for it to go over me without it dragging me anywhere, yeah. uh, at least in the stomach area. And so I quick rolled to the side. So, um, you know, when, when you're in those situations, it's like you only have a blink of an eye sometimes to, uh, you know, to think about things. And Brad, I know that you, uh, you ended up underneath of your vehicle as well. Uh, one day, yeah, which is not a holiday, but. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, it happened in, uh, Breaking out at, at the Walmart, actually. Now, how did you end up underneath the uh, actual vehicle? Um, how do you even do that on purpose? I, I, I didn't do it on purpose. But no, but if you even tried, how would you manage to do it? I don't, I don't know if you could do it. 
Um, what happened with me is I I, I, I grabbed onto the door to turn around and uh, get in, but in the meantime, my foot slid and I mice with my foot and it slid right underneath the right underneath the car. Oh my gosh! <laughs> one, one motion. So there you <laughs> are laying under the vehicle. Yeah, you know those uh. When they had those um, those sticks, you know, I had to really move my head in the hurry so I wouldn't um, cover my chin on the bottom of the car. They had and those what? When they had you those, know, those little, you know, like those limbo sticks, you know, you have to really duck to get underneath them. Well, I had to do that to get underneath the car. Oh, those tubes or whatever? Yeah. And that's what it reminded me of when I was going underneath the car. I had to move my head to the side, so I slide right underneath the car. The so it was a controlled fall underneath the car. Well, what what yeah, did the person I, say? Did they wonder where the heck did Brad go? It's like where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah Polly, my Polly, Polly said, "Brad, are you okay?" Going, well, did she know you were yeah. under the car? Yeah, because she was standing there and she told me slip, and she, she missed me as far as catching me. She missed. Oh, okay. So, so I went underneath the car, and then and then, um, and then she was down on her knees trying to grab my arms and pull me out. And I got a little bit stuck. So instead, having and all these people are watching, and she goes, "When do you come over and help me here?" And, oh yeah. my word! So nobody said, but "Can we? Were, can I help?" No, they stood there just like they were frightened or something. Oh my. Look, it's a monster. Right. So, so uh, the manager of the store came out and helped. And he bought, me and he bought out the people. But I laid there for five minutes going. Oh, for oh, crying out thing. loud. <laughs> that had to be embarrassing, didn't it? Or? Yeah, it wasn't even a winter time or on Christmas time. And, and I was sleeping in the parking lot. So, yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell us about the time. Tell us about the turkey leg incident, Brad, and, and how that all played out. Oh boy. I I um I I reached back for the turkey leg because I'm you know I must have been Thanksgiving. Food. So there you are at Thanksgiving yeah. and, and, and the meal is going on and all that. Right, I, I'm trying to stitch without Polly knowing about it, but she had eyes in the back of her head. And 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 that was trying to be sneaky. And uh and I went backwards too far, just like you did bumping your head, but in my case, I fell on, on a table and broke it. <laughs> so there you are. You'd reach back for a turkey leg too far. There you go, you tip backwards, bust the table, and there you are. With the turkey leg. Yeah, I, was in, I was in a manual wheelchair at the time. And I broke the table. <laughs> <laughs> you so broke the table? In half. Yep. Broke the in half. But did and you get hurt? Server. No. No. It's like, you know, you know the WWE when they, when they um, ran people into the table. Just like pro professional <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, this was a real table that I broke. Oh, they for break, God's sakes. They break tables that are, um, that are made to be broken. You know, when they 
I'm sure it hurts, but yeah, this one wasn't. Yeah, this one wasn't just a WWE. This was an actual table. Yeah, yeah, this was. It wasn't a show table. This was an actual table. Yes, Pauline goes. What are you doing? I just got for turkey leg. She goes. You're lucky the turkey didn't fall off. No, but look at the table. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny now, but probably wasn't funny at the time, right? Right. So we had to go and use we had to go and use uh, another table that we had. Oh wow. <laughs> that's funny. Yep. Yeah, well, there was there was an incident uh, where many of you probably know that I that I uh, have a spinal cord injury from an accident, a fall, and. Um, and it's not complete. So unlike many who have no use of their legs at all, I have just very limited use, meaning that um, I can kind of lever myself so I can be in a, a standing position and kind of move about with uh, with arm crutches. And so the tree has just become decorated. And usually it takes like, uh, man, my wife decorates, it takes her probably like four days over two weekends because she has the fullest tree like in the world her dad used to stand in front of the tree and say man you have the best christmas trees because they're they are so full well she had just finished and of course i have to come with my uh my fisherman uh christmas ornament and as i was about to put the ornament on the tree my leg gave out and i tried to fall like i can kind of fall where i want sometimes but this time I fell right into the tree, knocked the entire tree over and busted the tree. I busted the tree. It was a, an artificial tree. I busted the tree, busted some of the, some of the ornaments. I had shards in me of glass. We had some glass ornaments. <laughs> so there I'm laying there and uh, they were just looking at me like, did this just happen? Nobody said a word for like 30 seconds. It's like, Grandpa, you fell into the tree. I'm like, no, no way. <laughs> so a direct result of, uh, of course, being disabled is that uh, you can be a danger around Christmas trees. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If you have somebody who has a disability, keep them away from your tree. If you've got to put a barrier around or whatever, keep the disabled away from your tree. Uh, gifts or whatever can be damaged from did the fall. So you, did you also got to have a good sense of humor to be disabled. I think. Well, you do. You really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people do. Um, you know, if they fell into the Christmas tree, you know, they probably would make a joke out of it. I don't know. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah. I'm glad I wasn't at like a friend's house or we were a guest. <laughs> and I, you know, said, oh, what a nice tree and then tackled it. <laughs> it's like... What, the, what is he doing? Yes, there's football on Thanksgiving. Why did he fall into our tree? You know, they might not know. They might think I just flipped out and was mad at the game and, and tackled the tree, but I, that's not what it is. If I fall into your tree, I fell. I just fell. And uh, so, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that can happen, you know. Um, I mean, there's probably many, many more that people could tell. Uh, that can share with us that uh, as a direct result, what happened, <laughs> you know, on the holidays, but 
But just to bring a little lightness to it uh, on this holiday season and hopefully can brighten some people's uh, cheer, even just for a, a slight moment, you know, in time. Um, just to just to realize that, you know what, it is Christmas and doggone it. Uh, it could always be worse. Yeah, man, we, right? we got to remember one thing, Greg. We got to be, we got to remember the troops overseas, man. What's that? We got to remember the troops overseas. We got to remember the, you know. Oh, the troops overseas. My gosh. Yeah. Yes. What a, what a time for, uh, I don't have any. Do you guys have anybody that you know of that uh, may be overseas? I do. Over the holidays? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. And so they'll uh, they'll miss Christmas. Has it been for, for some time now? Or? Well, this person left, I think, in... Uh, I think in maybe June. Okay. So those, those guys, those people too will probably... And this person will be back in... Uh, in June, so she's going to be gone for about uh, maybe eleven months. Well, yeah, June to June would be a year with my with my fuzzy math, but yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, remember the troops. Send them some cookies or whatever. But uh, but in closing, do you guys have any other thoughts? I mean, it kind of just uh, runs the gamut here. I think we had, I think we covered a lot of good stuff. Uh, uh, of course, Brad and I have uh, many, many more Sherry stories to share. We could do probably a, a pretty good episode of uh, things that have happened to us, uh, which I personally have You're one that, that is the funniest that we probably are, are going to replay every 4th of July because I can't stand not laughing at you, Brad, uh, on that on that incident. But uh, well, <laughs> got was- car, in a car trapped full of explosives, but... Uh, I'm sure that you're at the time. It wasn't funny, but uh, I think that might wrap it up guys for uh, another episode. Yeah. Well, the happy Thanksgiving and we have a couple more episodes um, before the end of the year, but thanks for coming along on this journey for season two. Yeah. It, it, it seems like uh, we just started, but uh, um it's been fun. It's been uh, a learning experience. We met a lot of great people. Man, some great company to help me with this. So, well, we've learned a lot. I can't yeah. believe how much we've learned by the people we've had on, and uh, it's a real challenge to uh, figure out. You, you know, you, you think how in the world are we going to do season three? You know, but mm-hmm. somehow it always falls into place. So. Well, and with that, I'd like to say, if you are listening to this, um, if you yourself or somebody you know has a cool story related to living with a disability, um, give us a call. Contact us. We'd love to have you on. Um, You can either email marketing at rollaramp.com. You can call us at 701-277-9471. Um, that'll get you connected to the roller ramp office here. Um, and then Brad, I know you like to share your contact information sometimes if people want to reach out to you. Yes, it's at uh, 701-252-8560. Yep, 701-252-8560. And good call, Jen, because there may be people out there that says, gee, I wonder, 
I, I would like to, I have a story. I have a story to tell and I want to tell it. And uh, by all means, Jennifer uh, gave the information. That's a great point. Uh, call us, email us, marketing at Rolleramp, which is R-O-L-L-A-R-A-M-P, Roll-A-Ramp, all one word, and of course, .com. So with that, um, for Jennifer and Brad, what do you, we could probably sign her on off. Thanks for listening to another episode of Living with the Disability Podcast. And thanks, guys. And you all, I hope you all have a great holiday. Bye. Thank thanks. We'll see you later. Bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleramp, this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. Rolleramp is a global company based in North Dakota, dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.